Hi, I'm Vic Francis, pastor of Shaw Vineyard, and I'm pleased to share with you Transmission Stories, where I sit down with members of our congregation and chat about how they are in big ways and small, picking up where Paul left off in the book of Acts. It's all part of our Transmission series, where we're following the missionary journeys of Paul Sunday by Sunday and figuring out what that means for us in 2019 in our workplaces, homes, schools, and other areas of our lives. Today I'm chatting with Gareth Owen, Marketing Director of World Vision, and finding out about poverty, especially child poverty, and what we can do about it. You'll hear Gareth today describe poverty from his recent experience of looking in the eyes of a South Sudanese child who has just seen his parents murdered. And you'll also hear tangible ways that you can make a difference in that child's life and in other children's lives. I think you'll be inspired. Here then is Gareth. Well, this morning I'm sitting in the office with Gareth Owen, who's the marketing director of World Vision. We're going to meet him in a moment, but this is part of our Shaw Vineyard Transmission series, where we're somewhat boldly saying we're picking up our own story where Paul left off. Uh, and we're talking to people from our Shaw Vineyard congregation week by week about where they fit into that whole scheme. So Gareth, it's wonderful to be here. You're marketing director. What does a marketing director of World Vision do these days? Who knows? I, I'm still <laughs> learning. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks. It's lovely to be here, Vic, and to have a chat. Um, so a uh, couple of things, I guess. So for New Zealand, uh, we represent uh, World Vision uh, and we are trying to engage uh, and inspire Kiwis um, throughout the length of the country. Uh, tell them about what our cause is uh, and helping the most vulnerable children around the world. Uh, and then of course also try and generate income uh, that we can use for impact overseas. So most vulnerable children, That, if I think of World Vision, I think child sponsorship, 40-hour um, famine, um, and, and I guess at the at the the baseline of that vulnerable children tell, tell me about vulnerable children in the world yeah and look there's vulnerable children in every parts of the world in New Zealand we've got them too um, our core focus is looking overseas and it's looking at those most vulnerable who are in disaster situations yeah. war zones um, who are in situations where they fear for their life um, and so vulnerability with not having parents possibly um, vulnerability not knowing if food's going to be coming uh, in a particular day uh, or the next week um, so so we have a real focus as part of a partnership um, with over a hundred different countries and we're working in some of those areas which you would have heard of uh, like Africa like um, uh, in some of uh, Asia um, and uh, various pockets which are really mm. um, having a tough time. And World Vision's a, it's a huge entity, isn't it? What, what, what's its scope? Give us some idea. Yeah, look, it's the largest in the world at what we do. Okay, so largest, child aid. Uh, yeah, child aid. Yeah. Child aid. So um, we have about 40,000 staff throughout the world and then over 130,000 volunteers globally. Um, so New Zealand is a key part of that partnership and actually one of the first offices we started in the 1970s. Um, but we, we make up quite a small portion. We've got about uh, 90 staff in the New Zealand office. Um, but uh, but we're a key voice for that. Wow, and you you 
you lead this team of about 60 of those 90 staff, I think, and that's in your marketing role. That's right, yeah. So there's about 60 staff and we focus on uh, trying to bring in different kinds of income streams, uh, mm-hmm. so trying to get money to be sent overseas, but mainly also through having an experience for New Zealanders. So uh, educating them on what the issues are overseas and the role they can play in trying to help because it is it goes two ways. So whilst the children receive the benefit, if you're giving and donating, then we really believe that you get to go through an experience uh, which is hard to put money on um, yes. when you go through that process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know you've just come back from Africa, from Uganda specifically, um, and I know it's your first time in Africa. I, I imagine Africa is is pretty overwhelming to, to see for the first time. What were your experiences? Yeah, look, in all honesty, uh, I was uh, really surprised as to how dramatic uh, the, the issues are over there. Um, I went away, well, I went there thinking that the images you see on TV were the extreme cases. Yeah. Uh, and I've come back realising the reality is that that is the norm. So you've got children who are literally walking across from South Sudan into Uganda who have uh, lost their parents on their way, uh, mm-hmm. who are aged eight or nine, uh, and have no idea where they're going, what they're doing, and they're hungry. So they haven't eaten for four days. Right. So those stories you hear, I met those children, and yes. it was harrowing, it was it was tough looking at their eyes and seeing the lack of hope. So when you say lost their parents, I suspect this is not lost in a shopping mall, lost their parents, something's happened to their parents. Yeah, so this is through the, the war, uh, and the devastation that's been happening in South Sudan. And um, a lot of these children have seen their, their parents uh, killed in front of them. So right. devastation. I mean, one of the first things we do when they come into our refugee reception centre is we have counsellors um, available. Right. Um, and we, we have the discussion, when I say we, the, the trained staff will analyse the children because cause it's not just about their health and their, their food, it's about the mind, it's about the emotional mm. state of that child is really important. So there's a team of, of professionals who will take that child through, especially in the first three days, and try and work out where they're at at that journey. You th- yeah, it's um, sometimes perhaps easy to think of just children in plural and masses of them and you know, different languages, different culture, but you're talking about I've met eight and nine-year-olds, an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old who has lost their parents, you know, had their parents, seen their parents killed maybe in South Sudanese, now in Uganda. So you've met those kids. What does that do to your heart? Look, it's tough. And when we say children, literally today, 70 children and adults a day are arriving into this one refugee one camp. camp. Yeah. That was up to 6,000 a day. Right. So the, the enormity of the situation is huge. And, and when you see them and you see the size of the problem, the initial reaction is it's a hopeless situation. Yes. Uh, yeah. Weird. What do you do? Like, even yeah. how does money fix this stuff? The beauty of the trip I've just done is after the first three days when the children arrive in the camp, they then get sent to another centre and you start seeing the transformation that literally happens. One memory I've got so vivid in my mind is the child-friendly spaces that World Vision runs. This is basically an area where hundreds of children come together and they have about three hours every day where trained children, child workers, uh, have games, have fun, have entertainment, there's teddy bears, there's the basic yeah. stuff that our children would have in New Zealand, they have a time to play. And the whole ethos behind that is the best way for a child to start healing 
is through playing. Because wow. when they're playing, they're not thinking about the past uh, memories they've yes. got. And we don't want them to focus on their past memories. So you can you can see before your eyes, or I guess you were there um, just for a short period, but you can see before your eyes the trends, um, I don't know, the way that these kids are starting to grow or discover something that's been yeah. snuffed out already in their young lives. It's in their eyes. You can, see, eyes. You can yeah. see in their eyes that for little glimpses as they were dancing and playing around, mm. their eyes were sparkling. Yeah. When we were, as in the first camp, when they just arrived, their eyes were just, yeah, it was right. tough. There was no uh, sparkle in it. That's incredible. So we sort of here in your office in Penrose and you've got a staff outside our door who are raising money, child sponsorship and, and various other things you do. I imagine that stirs the heart for, for the work of the day, um, having had an experience like that. It does. It inspires you to come back and to think, okay, this is a real situation. Uh, I mean, I've, I've come from a corporate background and I've only been in this area for a couple of years. Um, and the key difference we're talking about, and you see it, is that the success of what we're trying to do comes down to the number of children that we can impact. Yeah. So it's children's lives. It's not about the amount of money. So mm. we can get it. I mean, money is important, yep. but it's how we use that money and the impact we can have. Mm. Children's lives, um, I guess, sort of for, for parents, that would be what they would give their lives for as well. If you think, you know, families are just families, it seems to me, whether they're South Sudanese or Kiwis. Um, and I guess that would be an honouring of some of those parents who have had tragedy of their own, you know, for us to pick up their children and in some way give them a better future. Yeah, we find a lot of our sponsors and supporters have taken on a child's sponsor when they first had their child. Mm. Uh, and it's almost like a ritual where you've had, and I did the mm. same thing. So when I had my first child, we took in our, our first sponsor. Uh, and it's it's trying to give back in a way, but also yes. that connection between your child and, and the sponsored child. Well, let's just kind of give World Vision a bit of a plug in terms of you know what it is and what you could do. I mean, child sponsorship is a way that you can tangibly help. Is it still the best way? I, I truly believe in child sponsorship. I think it's the way that you wrap around the child in every area. So mm. health, education, security, a future. And you take them right through until they go into adulthood. The best thing with child sponsorship as well is it's a community effort. So we don't go in and choose different children. We go in and we commit to a community and then we go and find the sponsors for that community. So in effect, every child you sponsor has an onward uh, impact of another four. So right. there's five children that you're committing to mm -hmm. uh, over the lifetime and you transform their lives. I mean, we've mm. got children who are sponsored who are now in parliament, who mm. are now doing all sorts of things around the world. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of them give back and come back to the field to where they had the hardships and that as an employee of World Vision, which mm. is amazing to see. That's really encouraging for me because I've been sponsoring kids with World Vision since I was 17. So it's, it's like 40, over 40 years. Um, it's amazing to think, well, I don't know where, but, but where some of my children might be in terms of the ones that I've sponsored. So, I mean, it's an incredible thing that we can do. In our series um, at church, we're doing, we're calling it Transmission, and this whole idea of, you know, Paul went on these missionary journeys and, and the world was changed as a result of it. It's sort of a, it's a, it's a, there's a long distance, 2,000 years, and, you know, different culture and, and what was happening there. But, I mean, how do you connect what you're doing this week or when you're in Uganda or when you're um, signing up a new sponsor with something of the, I don't know, the urgency of the, of the, of the mission that Paul might have felt? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And, and do you know what? The truth is, most days 
I struggle to to get that connection because most days I'm in the office and I'm dealing with the same stuff anyone else is dealing with and staff issues or uh, you know trying to uh, look at the budgets and see what's going on there um, and, and so you kind of get into patterns of, of of losing kind of why you're here and what this is about and and I guess the gift that almost sometimes I feel that hey God's put me in this place uh, right now and, and it feels like it's the right time the right place um, but I guess it goes back to when you you read and it's mentioned hundreds of times the uh, responsibility that we're called as Christians to look after the poor and the mm. vulnerable uh, and so in me it's the simplicity of thinking oh well I know that that's been called upon all of us to do and so worst case I'm kind of ticking that box and fulfilling yeah. that in the sense that the main cause for World Vision is looking after that. I have days where it's hugely spiritual and I just feel that yeah, God's in mm. this and that I'm fulfilling this mission and this this cause but there's so many other days where I don't yeah. and I'm here as we're here at 7am uh, <laughs> in the morning right now uh, after uh, the traffic and the commute thinking ah. Oh, it's tough, but that's life. I love that you bring that up because you know, as a as a pastor and a and a person, therefore, you know, supposedly in ministry, um, it's. Uh, um, I think sometimes people feel like that's a, an easier thing, or you have a greater sense of what God's doing. But I, I'm like you, sort of. So so many days, I don't think I'm much different than anybody else might be contributing, um, and you might want, wonder at the end of the day whether you've actually taken uh, any steps that would be um, conducive to, I don't know, spreading the gospel or whatever it is and yet somehow overall by being who you are and applying yeah. some of the the gifts that you have into uh, even into other people's lives and your staff you know which we, we all work with other people mm. or you know the the kindnesses that come are, are really significant things along the way so but on a good day you do have a sense that you know kind of uh, God is loving his world and that you're a good part of it yeah, definitely on a good day. And and the other thing that you've just touched on is, you know, we are a Christian organisation. And so part of being a director here is there is a spiritual aspect of what we do within the New Zealand office. So, yeah. so you know, part of the conversations I try to have around the office is just checking in where some of the staff are at with their journeys. Um, and, mm. uh, and about 50% of our staff are Christians. And I think the other 50% are on a journey. Well, actually, we're all on a journey, but mm. the other 50% are curious. Um, and and so, so our our um, impact of what we're doing, it doesn't matter, matter what faith or what. Mm. There's no discrimination on that. And and within our office, it's the th- same thing. We embrace all all walks of life here, mm. but uh, but God is at the heart of it. We it's in our values. We are Christian, mm. uh, and so we have opportunities where we have devotions, church services, weekly prayer times, things like that. So it's really exciting to see the people I work with are also embracing God and discovering things, um, and that's, that's part of it. Yeah, it's a very significant thing, isn't it, um, to be just working on a on a human basis with people along the way. Mm. Um, in terms of world vision and churches, I mean, I guess I, I guess a lot of what you do is church-based. Um, um, do, would you see that as a partnership or potential partnership? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think we, we've got four people in, in the team who, throughout New Zealand, who are connecting in with churches um, and building those relationships with the congregation. Uh, and, and I'm sure many people who are listening to this have probably had a World Vision mm. representative come along and, and give a spiel and that. Um, and there's a couple of things we we really feel that there's 
um, a way that World Vision can fulfil uh, various needs in people's hearts of wanting to give and get involved, as well as learning about various international needs. Because we live in New Zealand and we're a long way away and very isolated, and it's so easy to, to forget all these these uh these situations that are going on daily. So, so we like to see if we can bring in some of that stuff, as well as um, as enable people to give uh, and to mm. be blessed through their giving. Um, so, so we we definitely uh, try and connect in with churches as well as with schools and other groups as well throughout New Zealand. Of course, there's a criticism of churches sometimes that they spend so much of their income or their their available time or their energy on helping mm. their own you know, the church survive or, or thrive, hopefully. Um, but it strikes me that that's sort of a, a, um, a tangible way that, that churches can turn outwards being part of, I mean, I guess not just World Vision, but other, other things that are ministering and working um, into our community. Yeah, do you know that the hardest thing that over the last five years or so that we've noticed as a, as World Vision is that there's a real emphasis on looking after our backyard. And so you, there's a vulnerability and in, in there's um, children in need throughout New Zealand and we are fully wanted to support that as well. Um, mm. But we feel as though our cause is more overseas in some of those other pockets. So our position is, is there's a need for both. So absolutely, there's a need to look after your own community and, and what you can do there. But as well as that, what can we do globally? Mm, because yeah. we're a global community now. Yeah, so it does um, reach into into the whole world just by being part of a, a process like this. Absolutely. Globally, are, are you optimistic? I, I think I've read it um, in, in various places that... Um, poverty, we are actually getting a handle on poverty in some ways. Obviously, there's dreadful things that we've talked about already, but, mm. but is, are we making any progress? Yeah, it's a really good question. Do you know, actually, yesterday someone was telling me a bo- about a book that's called Factfulness. Mm-hmm. And this book basically presents that the situation today compared to, say, 10, 20 years ago is dramatically different, and mm. that poverty today uh, is has changed and so the face of poverty is not necessarily about hunger and and about mm. things like that there's an emotional state mm. um there's things like child trafficking and other areas which unfortunately have read the head mm. more so but overall there's less people who are dying or who are struggling through malnutrition and things like that mm. uh, and when we look at the programs that world vision do and an absolutely key part of it is the measurability of it. So mm. we are all about trying to make a community sustainable so that after 15 years of us being involved in it, then they will be sustainable to continue and to carry mm. on. And part of that is making sure that the children have all aspects. So again, education, health, uh, their well-being, state. Even we, we get involved in counselling uh, abuse. Um, so there's a lot of abuse that goes on within families, same as New Zealand, and it's the same overseas. So we take, especially um, fathers and we uh, husbands, and we take them through programs in rural Africa mm. about why it's not okay to beat your, your wife or right. your child. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's a, a much broader approach that we can, if, if you're not just having to um, literally give someone sustenance to help them to live till tomorrow, there's a whole lot of other things that you can add to that mix. Absolutely, and and without trumpeting on too much about World Vision, but honestly, the the, the model that World Vision has covers all aspects. So we're definitely not an organisation that wants to come in, save the day, and then leave. Mm. It's all about coming in and making sure that this is a continuation. And also we work with 
the the um, villages and the communities so they do the work not us we come in and we support them we teach them how to fish basically yeah. uh, and that's that's a key area as to our success it also strikes me that it's um, almost anybody can contribute into a scenario like that I mean obviously you could sponsor a child or, or make a donation but but there must be lots of gifts that people have that they could um, contribute into those situations because you might just think well you know am I a really rugged person or am I a doctor or a nurse mm. or something like that but but you must be using the skills of lots of different professions and and trades and all sorts of things yeah um or or other organizations to to contribute to making the world a better place yeah absolutely it's it's i mean look at me i i never thought two years ago being a a marketer in the aviation industry that i'd be sitting here so it's all skills are used yeah and a lot of people get to a certain point in their life and they kind of think ah not sure if this is uh, where i want to be at and then you start looking at other areas and And, and you know world vision was that for me um so so yeah but you know one other thing is, is prayer so uh mm. we we believe in prayer and um we have prayer warriors throughout the world right. who are continuously praying over our work uh, and over our people um and so it's not just about asking for people to donate money it's mm. asking for people to pray over us uh and advocate for us as well to lobby mm. into the government and to the changes that can happen and we've seen happen especially in the pacific and, and areas quite close to us Let's um, sort of as we come towards the end of our conversation, let's just think about this week, um, which we've done a little bit. Um, you know, every one of us who listens to this and you and I, you know, we're, we're going to get up every day this week. We're going to drive to our work or whatever it is. We're going to we're going to somehow try and live out our faith. Um, you know, maybe not quite as boldly as we've sort of said about Paul sort of picking up where his story left off, but but wanting to play a part. You know, is there, is there a is there a sense of encouragement that you could give? You know, for sort of all of us as we as we head out about that, as we walk out our door, or as we, you know, kind of tend to our kids or whatever it might be. Mm. Yeah, look, let, let me let me uh, mention the our founder Bob Pierce, uh, his opening vision, which has continued through the life of our organisation and is applicable today as much as it was back then, and it's for every child, life in all its fullness, for every heart, the will to make it so. And so, you know, for me, that's uh, that's an everyday life. That's uh, my children. Uh, mm. That's the children you see on the streets. That's the children you hear about throughout New Zealand who are struggling. And it's also the children overseas. And so, you know, just, just pray into what does that mean for where you're at? Um, are you able to give financially? Are you able to help out? Uh, but how can you make a child's life that much uh, better so that there's a fullness in there mm. um, which they might be missing? Yeah, absolutely. So so in terms of if you wanted to become a World Vision supporter, it would be go to the website, I guess, is the best thing. Yeah, worldvision.org.nz. Yeah. Uh, and there's a number of ways you can give. The 40-hour famine's coming up uh, in yes. three weeks' time. Three weeks' time, yeah. yeah. So uh, please get in. We have 90,000... Uh, people throughout New Zealand involved in that so it's a really key time for us to engage with Kiwis and and try and uh, help them uh, to to learn more about what's going on around the world. So give us those dates of the famine because uh, this this obviously won't go live but is it uh, so it's in June. In June, um, okay. Early so June. Early June. Yep. Okay. So again, can can get involved in that. So. Yep. Well, it's a it's an incredibly overwhelming and yet incredibly hopeful 
um, picture, I think, that you paint. Um, it is a big world and there are lots of problems which we hear about probably every day through our, uh, through our media or through our social network feeds. Um, and yet tangibly you can be connected with an eight-year-old in Uganda from South Sudan and make a difference in his or her life, which is pretty inspiring at the same time. Um, and tangibly, I guess, each and every one of us can be involved in that, which I guess, if we give ourselves the credit for it, is outworking something of what God was inspiring Paul to do way back when. And um, so it's great to chat to you, Gareth. Um, so good to have you around. And um, and God bless you in the work, important work here that you do here at World Vision. Thanks, Vic. It's been, been fun. Thanks for listening to today's Shaw Vineyard Transmission Story. I hope you've enjoyed hearing Gareth share his heart and his recent experience. If you'd like to join us for the next of the transmission series, we'd love to see you at one of our services this Sunday. They're 10 a.m. or 5 p.m. at 252 Forest Hill Road on the North Shore. And we'll be posting another transmission story right here next Thursday, so please tune in again. For more about our church, you'll find pretty much everything you need to know on svc.org.nz. Till next time then, God bless.